0: we're back episode four of the white oak collective podcast coming out of the white property studio like always again across the table from me i've got austin dudley and i'm your host bo burns Austin, what's going on today
1: man just trying to get through uh, a week full of sickness so i'm gonna go ahead and apologize to everybody you may hear me coughing or with a ricola in my mouth or maybe trying to drink coffee to keep my throat loosened up but um Trying to get through that before tomorrow.
0: You got to make sure you're ready for the morning.
1: I went and got some shots yesterday to hope it could get me dried up for tomorrow. That was as we went through the weekend, I kept thinking, like, okay, I got to get this going by Wednesday. I got to get this going by Wednesday.
0: So, yeah, so we kind of teased it uh, last podcast what this one would be about. But so we're recording this on March 14th, and tomorrow is the big day. Turkey season is finally open here in Mississippi. So, we're just going to kind of talk about. What's been leading up to this and what we've got planned for the next couple of weeks as this season goes through. So,
1: The Ides of March are tomorrow.
0: Yeah, well, since, since we learned that. that on episode two, I guess now I know at least what you're talking about. But yeah, it's it's here and it really doesn't even feel like, I don't know, I've been waiting on it for so daggum long. It's like, golly, I can't believe that tomorrow it's actually here.
1: It's felt like it was almost here. Up until like today, and now it feels so far away that it's tomorrow.
0: Oh, today will be the longest day of the year. I mean, it's just sitting around, just thinking, just what what will the morning have in store?
1: I was I was thinking on the way here this morning, on the drive here this morning that you know it's really for people who don't turkey hunt, it's hard for people to understand. And I guess you kind of get the same feel for whatever your passion is. You know, if it's duck season or deer season or whatever whatever gets you fired up. But it's like the only thing that I can think of that replicates that like kid christmas eve night like that just oh i can't wait to see what santa brings tomorrow that's the only way i can describe what the day before turkey season's like
0: i've been thinking that exact same thing for the last two days it's like this is truly i look forward to this more than absolutely anything on the planet and it's like yeah i mean you legitimately feel like a kid getting ready for tomorrow
1: you don't know what's gonna happen like you you do all your prep work you think you know where some turkeys are you Maybe you do, maybe you don't. Um, maybe you know where they usually are. Just like you kinda have all those thoughts rolling through your mind and then you get to today and it's like, gosh, I hope they're there tomorrow.
0: Well, and it's a fresh season. I mean it's it's nothing that happened last year matters. It's all it all starts tomorrow. I mean anything anything could happen this season. It could be the absolute best season you've ever had, it could be the worst season that you've ever had and you won't know how it's gonna start until tomorrow.
1: I'm just hoping it falls somewhere in between.
0: Yeah. I mean <laughs> Uh, just let me hear some turkeys gobbling and I'll be fine regardless of what happens. But so
1: what, uh, it's going to be cold in the morning. It's
0: yeah. I went and listened this morning and about froze. I don't know what I'm going to wear in the morning. To be honest, I guess some deer hunting clothes. Cause
1: we were talking about that. A couple guys I talked to this morning way in. Um, it seems like it's, it's, I think it's supposed to be 32 in the morning around daylight. That seems really cold based off the weather we've had the last two or three weeks. But you know, to me thinking back like historically it doesn't seem like it's it's not like it's gonna be that much colder than it usually is for the start of our turkey season yeah I mean. I mean
0: i can remember some some real cold hunts and i've and i can remember one i don't know it's probably been six or so years ago now but one opening morning where i killed a turkey and i had i mean i had all my deer hunting clothes on I mean, it was cold so i'm assuming it'll probably be about like that in the morning as long as i don't think the wind's supposed to be, be really blowing so Oh, Should be fine.
1: Not a cloud in the sky. Bluebird day, Sun's out. I think tomorrow is supposed to be pretty similar. So, um, you know, some of the sometimes they like a good crisp cold morning like that. So, oh, and
0: I do too. I mean, at least the bugs won't be out. So. Yeah. The only thing I'm a little bit worried about is they were. So I've been listening now for like two weeks, and the two uh, last week they were absolutely fired up. Multiple different spots they were fired up. I've gone and listened the last two mornings and haven't heard a turkey. Um, I'm hoping that the little cold snap that it just it went from being, you know, mid 80s to low 30s. I'm hoping that doesn't just kind of slow them down a little bit, kind of hit reset with them. But, you know, we'll just have to, we'll have to see.
1: At least they had this morning as a surprise cold morning. And it was so.
0: clear this morning. It was, I mean, it was as pretty as it could possibly be this morning, but they just, and it could have been, I only went to one spot. I went all in on one spot this morning trying to decide what my actual game plan was for tomorrow. And, um, <laughs> So they could have been gobbling somewhere else, but they just weren't gobbling there this morning.
1: That's Ed, Our goblin has seemed like it's been kind of spotty too, Um, riding around looking for sign and all. It seems like there's some sign around, but compared to what some people have been hearing, it seems like we've been a little bit quiet.
0: Yeah, I mean, mine. I thought for sure opening day was going to be just on fire, and I'm still hopeful that it is going to be because the spot that I am going to go, and we'll get into that in a minute, but the spot I'm going to go, I went um, – probably last Thursday, and it was on fire. So I'm hopeful for that. I'm going to go tonight and see if I can't roost one and just pinpoint where he's going to be in the morning. But
1: we'll see. We don't really have our plan laid out yet, I don't <laughs> think. Um, it may be a – unless we find something like late this afternoon to actually roost something. Had, no, I don't think anybody's heard anything goblin so far in the afternoons yet when they're flying up. But, you know, maybe we'll get lucky and hear something this afternoon. Well, you've got to have
0: some kind of plan. I mean, what's your uh, – when you get out where you where are you going to park the truck in the morning when you get out where are you going to be um obviously not exact but
1: still up in the air that's okay. that's what okay. like to my cousin's out I I was just checking to see what the turkey report was right now um he took off today so he could go around and and get a good idea of what's going on everywhere but um I don't know we got a couple places we could start that there should be turkeys around you know they they've been in that area and so I'd like to have one you know really kind of tight end of knowing right where it was but i also kind of like starting blind a lot of times too i think that's that's a fun part of it too is just like okay there's there's going to be turkeys in this area let's just go see what we hear find out what's going on so i don't know in the morning maybe kind of like that it may be uh, unless like i said unless we figure something out later this afternoon it may be that we just try to run and gun hit a few spots see what's gobbling
0: yeah well i've decided i'm going to go to the new property that we've talked about a couple of times on here um it's where where i heard the turkeys is coincidentally right by where we burn so you can say it's a coincidence or you can say they're in there using that fresh burn but i've decided that's where i'm going to start so that'd be pretty nice to get the property in december and go ahead and kill an opening day bird on it um, on your own place yeah yeah i mean that'd be be pretty cool that's like one of the big goals for the year is to kill a turkey out there so if i could do it opening day that'd be pretty awesome but we won't know. We won't know until tomorrow. But So, well, let's kind of talk about, like, when you're getting ready to go, you're getting your vest ready and everything. What, like, you don't have to do a whole vest dump. But, like, what's what do you have to have in there that you're not going to go in the woods without?
1: I'm very, very simple in my vest. Like, I, I don't carry a lot of stuff with me. I have a box call and some pruning shears are about the two main things that I want in there. Um, yeah. You know, and other than them, thermosil water bottle. That's that's about the bulk of what I have in there. I usually keep some uh, keep some extra masks, some extra gloves. Um, I usually carry extra shells. This is something I actually keep in my vest. Is I was looking at it last night. I was like, I don't even know why I still do this because nobody I hunt with other than my dad. Still shoots a twelve gauge, but um, I'll have some extra twenty gauge shells, some extra twelve gauge shell. Like I try to have everything with me not like a ton of extra stuff. I like to have an extra set of gloves and an extra set of mass. That way if I get up and leave mine or there's nothing worse than uh, always hunt with some, like we don't do a lot. I don't like solo hunting. Like I really don't care to kill a turkey by myself. I like to be with somebody. I like to share experience of it. Um, so I'm usually like, we usually got somebody with like, we're just, that's how we hunt When somebody's always together. We're grouped up and there's our whole family hunt. So there's not enough space for everybody to be solo hunting. So, um, I like to have something with me because there's nothing worse than like you're just about to go sit down. And somebody's like, I don't know where my mask is, mm-hmm. or I lost my gloves. Or yeah, I mean, I've carried shells of all that. Stuff my shells fell out of my, my shells fell out of my pocket. So um, that's about what's in my vest. And then I throw in my my vest dump from last night was throwing away what was left of like granola bars and trash from oh, the trail wore out mouth
0: calls. All that you got to start fresh. That's I was loading mine up with mouth calls because. I take you know, I take a slate call, box call, my mouth calls, but I probably use a mouth call ninety nine point nine percent of the time. I bet I was loading it down with like, I don't know, probably ten mouth calls and Haley was like, There is absolutely no way you're gonna use all those calls. Like, No, I'm really not. I'm gonna pick one that I like and I'm gonna run it the whole season, but I like to have all these just in case. You just never really know. Um uh,
1: I wear but, a pouch around my neck, um so I don't I don't keep them in my vest. I usually just keep that in my truck because I call on them all the time. So,
0: Well, it just – I literally choose one. Like, it's – and most of the time it's some type of V-cut. And it'll just kind of – when my hunt starts, it'll ride on my bottom lip. And it'll just kind of stick there for the whole hunt. And then I'll put it up when I get done and pull it back out the next day. Uh, but, yeah, I care I mean, I'll carry a box and I'll carry a slate. And I use a slate every now and then. The box is almost more of just a locator call than anything else. Um, but I just love a mouth call. Just what what's been my go to for so long. So
1: that's why I keep up. I, I use a box primarily for windy days, or if it's later in the day and I mm-hmm. want to get loud and try to locate something. But like it's it's mainly in my vest for windy days.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, just just like a locator because those things can get loud. I mean, you can feel it in your ears. They it's a different frequency than a mouth call.
1: I'm not it, real loud on a mouth call either. No, I mean,
0: I can, and uh Chad, he'll mess with me all the time because I do like to call a lot, and sometimes I can call loud. Um, not all the that. time, but I just – I mean, that's just kind of – everybody's got their own style. Like, he when he calls, he calls very quiet, and he sounds very good, but he's very quiet, and I probably don't sound as good, but I'll get loud sometimes – I mean, probably the majority of the time. But that's just the way that I call, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, sometimes being quiet works, and sometimes it doesn't. You just never – that's the awesome thing about it. You just never know what what's going to work. So, yeah. Uh,
1: well, the other thing too is like from hunting with different people. There's so many different styles. Whether it's like slow and steady or running gun or call a lot, call a little. You know, scratching per, scratching and leaves and perv, soft yell. I mean, there's basically it. And even like on the calling side, what you say what you sound like it's more about rhythm than it is what the mm-hmm. real sound is so like it's really just figuring out what works for you like what's your system that you're confident in and how do you do your system um that's what matters well yeah and the
0: funny thing is too like especially if you're hunting public land you know there's been times where be out there hunting and you hear hear yelp and you're like oh that's that's got to be some guy just wailing on a box call like that just that sounds terrible well then you see a hen walking through there and you're like oh that was not a guy like different hens sound so different some of them you'd be like that is that's the worst turkey caller that i've ever heard but it's a live hen so i mean that's why like you know everybody's call style is different everybody's sound is a little different but each one of them can work but that's what i mean i'll uh i'll probably get loud tomorrow who knows that's kind of what i do
1: (coughs) excuse me um Talking about the slate call, I used to always keep a slate call, and they were making fun of me last year. I actually, took it out last night. Realized last year we were sitting there, I don't know we're doing, we're just messing around. Like Nothing was going. We're always kind of sitting around. We're looking at what was in our vest. Realized I've been carrying around a striker, and I don't even have a slate. <laughs> well, it's not going to do you much good. Uh, so I, uh, I took the striker out because I don't have a slate anymore. Well, I'm just not really.
0: I haven't in the past been very good with a slate. I mean, I you know I can make make it work, but. I'm not confident with a slate. Now I've been practicing this off season, trying to get better, just to add one more tool. But just I've always just felt like my mouth call sounded better than my slate, so that's just been the way I've chosen to go. But
1: a slate call was probably the first call I ever bought. Um, obviously had some box calls growing up, but like the first call I probably ever bought outside of that was a was a box. I mean, was a was a slate call. Um, and I didn't start calling with a mouth call until. I don't know. Probably seven, eight years ago. Well, six, I'd say a slate ago. too
0: is like if if you're not going to use a mouth call, a slate would be the the route to go because it's. I mean, you can use it much more stealthy than a box call. And yeah. and and when you're needing to be quiet and you've got a turkey working, I mean, it's it's a lot harder to get away with using a box call when one's getting close compared to using right. a slate call. Uh, and that's. I mean, my sister uses a slate call probably close to 100% of the time, and she's effective with it. Um, she just learned to be stealthy with it and, and sound good and well, it that works was, for
1: her. That, as a kid, that was probably like the first call I ever got was a slate call. I used to play around with it a lot. But then I like having my hands free, and um, mouth calls were like not allowed until uh, after my granddaddy died. So <laughs> I, I was a late oncomer to mouth call. So I haven't been doing that for like probably like six or seven years.
0: Well, I mean, you hunt – you hunt like I do as far as no decoys, no none of that. So, I mean, if there's nothing to take that turkey's eyes off of where that calling's coming from, it's tough to use anything but a mouth call. Um, I mean, you know, teach their own if somebody wants to use a decoy. But that once that turkey gets into, say, 60 yards or whatever and can see that decoy, well, I mean, you're pretty much, you know, if you're 30 steps from the decoy, you're pretty much fine because he's got his eyes locked in. Um and so that's, you know, if you want to use a slate or a box or something like that, you might can get away with it. But when he's kind of pinpointing you and, and there's nothing to take his eyes off of where, it, where it, he's looking for, my mouth call is about your only option. Yeah. Unless I don't, I you mean, are good with your mouth, which I'm not. So
1: the decoy thing is uh, probably the main reason why I don't carry a decoy anymore is because I got tired of carrying one. Like I just didn't like, I just got tired of having yeah. one. And if you uh, if you move a lot, you, you get, it's like, if you make a lot of sets, you're trying to run a gun, like they're kind of hard to fool with. um But, I, um, you know, I wouldn't be opposed. We, we hunt a lot of field turkeys. And so, mm-hmm. you know, afternoons or something like that, I wouldn't be opposed to using something just to kind of give you a visual just because you're, you know, if you're trying to call something across a 150 acre pasture, like having some kind of visual helps because it's easier for him just down there and look, say, oh, I'm not going over there.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. And that, you know, I was just the way that, I was raised up oh, was just no decoys, never a decoy. You are not using a decoy. Now that I've like gotten older and realized like there you know, it's it's just different hunting styles. There's nothing wrong with using a decoy if you want to, but that's just it's been so so locked in on me that I just can't yeah. I just can't do it. I, I was gonna try I bought a this has probably been ten years ago now, but uh I bought a Jake decoy. I was like, I'm gonna use this deck 'em thing and Took it the first morning, like you're talking about it. You had to. I had to move and just left it against the tree, and that was it for my decoys. It never attempted to use it again. But um. we uh,
1: decoys are. Fu- I, that's. I could talk a lot about them because it's kind of funny. Like we we had a good long laugh about this. I say last year. I think we do it about every year. But we were talking about uh, how far decoys have come in our like our hunting life. Yeah, I mean, back when um, so, you were a
0: kid, it was that little piece of foam. That, yeah, well, it didn't even so, look
1: like. All right, predating that, we still have one. I don't know if they all – I wanted to look this up. I thought about it a while back. I know both my grandfathers had one, We and we called them both Gertrude. I don't know if that was like the brand of them or not. It was a hard-body hen decoy. It was like a – kind of like a – she wasn't in like, an, like a full look, but she had her head up oh, just like she was just standing there. You ever seen one of those?
0: I, the, the,
1: it's like an old hard body the
0: farthest back i can remember is the little pieces of foam that, and this is probably you know i don't know this would have been like
1: something that came out probably in the late 80s early 90s i mean i was born in the 90s so if yeah. whenever i came along these existed it could have been early 90s i feel like it was probably in the 80s but uh this gertrudes is what we called them um they hunted with some like we, we used some we were kids and just to kind of keep Eyes off us because we were learning how to hunt and we're moving and all that kind of stuff. And then you transition into those foam ones you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, the thing that stands out in my memory from the foam decoys is being like, no, 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 don't stick it in the sun. Go, go put it over in the shade. Put it over in the shade. Get, mm-hmm. no, no, there's a sun spot right there. Move, move it over. So the sun's not hitting it. Cause it was like, they looked like a turkey, but not really enough. But they also you, look like a piece of foam. Yeah. They look like there. a piece of foam. And so they, we, we got tickled about that because we were like, uh, I, I can vividly remember hunting with some of the other guys. that were like, no, 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 no. don't don't put that in the sun. Move, move that over here in the shade. Yeah,
0: now you've got these companies like X and stuff that now they'll have like, whole go, flocks out yeah, there. Now you're like, like,
1: go stick it in the sun so they'll see it shining.
0: Yeah, you have a strutter, a hen getting ready to be bred, a couple other hens, a jake. I mean, it's, some folks will have six or seven decoys out there. I don't know how they carry them all. Well, you but.
1: go through, so like you know you transition as a hunter like as you as you do different things and um i can remember on the decoy side like remember when b-mobile came out yes, the strut like that strutting primos yes. decoy i remember when it came out um we were probably in junior high or something like that it was like oh my god we got to we got to get a b-mobile we got to try that because we we're watching the videos we'll watch the videos tonight that's we'll get into that in a little bit but like we'll be watching all the Primus videos tonight from when we were kids um but I remember when B mobile came out. Like, oh, we gotta have one of those, and we scared more turkeys at our place with that thing. Like, every we had a group of five. I, I, we had it on camera somewhere. Um, there, there was these five that always ran together, and we were like, we're gonna stick B mobile out there in that pasture they're always in. We're gonna, we're gonna finally break them up. Then five gobblers came out there. They looked at that thing, turned around, tucked tail, and took off. We're like, all right, back in the closet.
0: Yeah, I guess that's kind of the B mobile was probably the predecessor to all this. That was the these, first
1: one I remember of like because there was a there was a foam half strut Jake that I remember being like after, I don't even know how you said that. Cause it was like Flambo. Was that yeah, the I brand so. that made most yeah. of them? Mm-hmm. I think they had like a half strut Jake and then it went to, uh, B mobile was the first like kind of rubbery plastic one that I can remember. Yeah. And then
0: now everybody's got one. now my, my mortal enemy Mojo, they've got their, all their scoot and shoots and all that stuff. And that, uh, I I won't get on my soapbox on that, but I, I I will say that I don't I don't you know I can get I can get behind a, putting a decoy out there, or so but I can't get behind the whole scoot and shoot, get behind a turkey fan, all that nonsense because that definitely changes the game a lot in the hunter's favor. But we won't. I, agree I don't want to go off on them. long tangent because I think plenty of people do, but um, we'll just say we don't agree with all that here. Well,
1: yeah, my only comment on that I was thinking about it the other day would be like. I think for the like people who like the calling interaction side of turkey hunting, which is how a lot of us in the South, especially, have grown up doing it, um, it would be like if quail were still abundant and people that traditionally quail hunted with dogs and all, um, all of a sudden the new social media craze was uh, you walking down the road and ground shooting quail. Mm-hmm. Well, th- Not that it's not effective, you're yeah, doing no. The there's same, no denying you're, the effectiveness you're doing of it. The same thing, to, I mean, but it's like the traditionalists that are like, "Oh no, you go wing shoot quail." They'd be like, "Oh my god, we got to get this off social media because people are walking around shooting them off the ground."
0: Yeah, and that gets that gets off into the subject of what is the what's the end goal? I mean, is the end all be all just going out there and killing a turkey, which it seems like a lot of people's end all be all goal is now, or is it the experience? And yeah, I mean, if you're just talking about simply effectiveness, and that's the bad thing is I think people like mojo i think there it's just such a money grab because you've got a bunch of new turkey hunters the last couple years and there's no doubt that it's effective and that it's an easy way of killing a turkey and it's just such a it's such a money grab but whatever let's get past that i'll
1: say sorry i sorry i picked that no I, i
0: could sit there and talk about that for the rest of this podcast but we'll just kind of skip that so
1: hey there's a couple states you can still shoot rifles in so uh that's a that's a real effective way (laughs) yeah florida you can shoot a rifle in
0: florida um and they just uh where was i looking um somewhere just added air rifles which i you know i don't know enough about that to even get into um and i don't know you know what's the distance an air rifle can shoot and all that, so I don't I won't even comment on that. But there is yeah, yeah a bunch of this western states you can still you can steal and people are adding that you can shoot air rifles.
1: Yeah, I don't know anything about the new air rifles. You couldn't kill one with my Red Rider. No and That's, that's about the I, that's the last thing I know about of uh, air rifles. About, and I'd hate to oh, know Red I was Rider. trying
0: to shoot anything but a shotgun and hit a turkey in the head. I mean that just sounds extremely hard. But again I guess that's just different style of hunting. But so, well, you mentioned watching videos tonight and everything. So, let's talk about, like, what, uh, you got any turkey season Eve traditions, stuff oh, yeah. that you have to do? So, talk about that a little bit.
1: So, there's four of us, uh, me, my brother, my first cousin, and kind of our adopted turkey hunting brother, uh, Matt Persons, Barrett Dudley, Ross Brown, and Matt Persons. We started, shoot, I don't know. We could have been in probably early college, maybe late high school, um, and we just kind of made it a point that we're like, all right, the four of us are going to be together no matter what the night before turkey season. Um, and so we've been doing it. That's, that's what we always do. So we'll, all. sorry, I just kicked the, <laughs> kick the Stanley over as my extra coffee supply. Um, so we all get together and, you know, we'll cook up some, uh, fried turkey nuggets tonight. We'll, uh, sit around and tell the same old stories we've been telling for the last 20 years. And, um, we'll watch, gosh, I don't know. We'll, we got probably like all 20-something. Well, I guess it's probably more than that now, but at least 20-something Primo's DVDs. And we'll sit there and we'll watch all those same hunts we've seen forever. Uh, Ross actually sent us a picture last night. He was sitting at the camp watching some. Uh, I can hear the tune of the whole, like, the on the DVD player, like, when well, like, the play screen or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. I can hear the, like, just seeing the picture of it, it triggers the, the tune in my head because I've seen them so many times. So um, that's kind of, well, you know, We'll be sitting in there, tingering on mouth calls. Um, Matt will have some with him. I'm sure we'll try out some new ones, cut them a bunch of different ways, try a bunch of different stuff with them. just kind of fooling around, killing time. Uh, at some point in time, generally right before we go to bed, we'll finally have a game plan because we'll argue about it all night as mm-hmm. far as what we're going to – I promise you, we won't have a game plan until like right before we go to bed tonight. Um Unless we just get lucky this afternoon. It's like, oh, there's one rooster right there. That's who we're going after tomorrow in the discussion. Uh, unless that happens we'll we'll probably discuss until bedtime what we're gonna do with that. Um I'm trying to think what else for tonight. Um that's kinda of it I guess maybe on the on the, the night before is just tell the same old stories over and over. Matt just got back from um Florida this week or Monday, so uh he'll have some stories that he hadn't shared with us yet, so we'll get to hear about their um their trip down there. And then um, like I said, just watch old old videos and tell old stories.
0: Yeah, I wish I wish I had something more along those lines. I mean, so I I started saving. I'll save one turkey breast and I've got it thawed out. I'll I'll cook it up tonight. Um but that's I don't really have – I wish I'd I gotta start making some. Do some kind of, and this season's weird because usually at least my little group of buddies, we can get together but um one of my friends is in California, one of them's in Ireland, one of them's in, I think, Antigua, and the other one's going to his camp tonight, so it's like, I'm just riding solo here in town for the morning, so I guess it'll just be hanging out at the house tonight, just trying to sleep. I don't know if I'll be able to get any sleep.
1: But they, don't, they don't have their priorities straight. No.
0: Uh, I can understand, which, the one that's in Antigua, he's coming back tonight, and he's, he said he'll get home at like 1.30 in the morning, so he's saying he's going to go, we'll have to see, but... Um, and the other one, you know, the other ones, they're kind of, they're on work trips and it's, you want to cut them a break, but at the same time, it's like, look, you've got all year to plan this stuff out. March 15th is a big day.
1: I think Ross cut his honeymoon short a day to get back for opening day one year. Well, that's. He can uh, confirm that, but I'm pretty sure he did.
0: I mean, he's just. You gonna just piddle around all afternoon or all morning with that with your coffee jug? I was like, sorry, I guess you're getting so, ready for.
1: Sorry, that was a coffee refill. You're making Look, sure I'm, it's
0: working right for in the morning. I'm just
1: trying not to cough.
0: Hey, whatever you got to do to to not be over there hacking on the you. Uh, you may hear
1: me rattling around on the on the coffee thermos. Got the get the old Stanley ready. It's hard not to fill it up this morning because
0: I knew I was gonna be using it. Keep it filled up the rest of the season. Yep. Keep a little cooler of cold beer in the back of the truck and a thermos of coffee in the front.
1: It's all ready.
0: Um, yeah, I gotta go, I gotta go get everything ready, but yeah, I, I guess tonight, not really traditions, but I'll, even though I've already cleaned out my vest and everything, I'll still go through it again, I'll lay my clothes out like it's the first day of school, I'll, you know, have all my shells ready and my gun and all that, and I know I won't be able to get any sleep, but, yep. I mean, it's just, it's like we talked about earlier, it's, it's like a kid on Christmas, sit there and roll around, probably wake up at three in the morning, won't be able to go back to sleep, but it's here, and it's pretty, uh. It's pretty unbelievable that it's here. But so, what? Um, going past opening day, you got any big plans? You do any kind of traveling this season? Just got any kind of cool goals for the year? Um,
1: not really. Um, I want to. We may slide off somewhere. I don't know. We we've gotten bad about not traveling as much, or just doing like a last minute trip if something pops up. But right now, I don't. We kind of sat around. Never came up with anything this year that we just wanted to do.
0: Um, last year, I missed you by like a week from being able to go on a trip, a real late season trip. So we need to figure something. We out need like to get something on the books. I've already got some stuff on the books, but we need to we need to get something planned. Because
1: yeah, I, 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 it's one of those things. Like I like to travel as a season extender. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I like I like hunting here. Mm-hmm. So well, I do too.
0: Um, I love it, but it's it's just it's so cool hunting different terrain and different landscapes. So I mean, like last year. I hunted Georgia, and I guess you could say it was kind of along the same latitude as where we're at here. So when I got over there, I was really like, well, this is it's cool. We're in a new place. We're hunting a new area, but it's like not, I mean, you could tell me I was back at home, and I would not know the difference. And that wasn't as fun as, like, say, going to the mountains or just right. somewhere that's just different than what you're used to. Because, I mean, yeah, nothing's as good as hunting at home, but it's just so cool seeing different different areas and 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 really just more than more than even hunting is just going to see new places I mean, right. just i mean you know the hunting is the while we go but the seeing the seeing the new places is kind of i do agree. i like that part
1: that that is pretty cool um we took my dad to missouri the first time that, that's the other reason why i hate leave like because my brother my dad my cousin like we we hunt together all the time like that's just you know that's we grew up doing that we just we still do like you know, make a lot of good memories like that. And so usually he's never uh, really wanted to go anywhere or has talked about it but never, never been on a trip with us. So we took him to Missouri year four last. And he did. He loved it. He liked it. So um, we didn't get anything kind of planned out for this year. So I don't know. Something may still pop up. But, you know, I think getting it on everybody's schedule. It's like you know, hunting around here, it's easier for us all not everybody's local but everybody's you know within Close driving enough. everybody's within driving distance so it's pretty easy to get together and go with one another but um trying to get to, you know having kids and people living around different places and working and all that um we just all enjoy hunting with one another so trying to get some combination of all of us together to go somewhere is, is difficult
0: yeah i mean it's hard for sure and that's that's why i'm trying to do it now because i mean yeah we, we you know we both have kids now families at home but it's like it's not going to get easier. It's just the older you get. I mean, maybe you know, there is a certain point where it gets easier, but it's not going to get easier to go in the next, you know, ten to twenty years. And that's I, I try to tell people that all the time. It's like you think when you are, you think when your babies are young and stuff that yeah, just get a couple of years and you'll be able to go. Think about think about when they start school and all the time responsibilities there, and then you know you are usually more into your career, so you've got to be. Doing that more, it's just – I don't know. I guess that's just a long-winded way of saying if you are thinking about going or if you are wanting to go, go ahead and go. Just just go somewhere and try it. And, I mean, that's – I've been to a lot of places and not killed a turkey, so it's not like I just go to these places and hammer turkeys. Um, but every one of them was, was an awesome trip, even though the majority of them ended without killing a turkey.
1: The thing I like – I like the Midwest. Like
0: I do too. I love, oh, well, and or, or like
1: the Plain States. Yeah. Like, I, I really – not that I've been just a whole lot, but the thing I like most about it is, and it, it hits me every time I go on a trip like that, is like you can get in your car and drive one day, I just 12 hours, 13 hours, 14 hours.
0: Now, don't get me wrong, that's miserable. It's mi- no, it, it's, it's miserable. Terrible. It is miserable,
1: but you get so stuck in your rut of like, uh, what it's like where you are, what it looks like. You just like in your head, you're like, oh, this is what outside is, what it looks like. And then you can hop in your car and drive 11 hours and wake up the next morning or it gets daylight the next morning. You're like, oh, man, this is so – it's mm-hmm. like I'm in a whole other yeah. planet. Well,
0: we went to Nebraska two years ago. We got out there to the – you know, and I had been to Kansas before, so I knew, like, there's not that many trees out here. But when we got – where we were in Nebraska, I was like, there. not only is there not many trees, like, there is not a tree. I mean, it was – I still don't know yeah. how the turkeys lived out there. That's but, the way
1: Nebraska was for us.
0: I mean, it's like – you Know a little scrub brush, and then you'll have one tree every yep. you know, every couple hundred yards. Like,
1: my first trip out of state was to Oklahoma, and it was about an 11 hour trip. Pretty much, we left after work, kind of drove through the night, and we got there like three or four in the morning. Just kind of went on to the gate where we were gonna hunt. And, uh, I remember standing there waiting on to get daylight. And Ross tapped on his shoulder, he's like, Look, he had been there before, like, he'd been to that place that we mm-hmm. were hunting before, so he's like, Tapping, his shoulder, he's like, Look, when it gets daylight you're going to wonder why you drove 11 hours out of here because it's not going to be anything like what you're expecting. Sure enough, like, it gets daylight, you can see just to the horizon everywhere around you, there's, like, one strip of trees, but there was – they were still, like, a winter flock of turkeys in it, so there's, like, probably 150, 200 turkeys in there.
0: Yeah, I mean, you, you see these big um, – if you're hunting public land, I mean, by no means do you have to hunt public land. I've done Outfitter plenty of times, but you see these huge – acreages on these WMAs and and National Forests and stuff, and you get out there, well, 98% of this acreage is useless because it's desert, and then, you know, you'll have your little creek drainages and stuff, but that kind of stuff makes you a better turkey hunter, though, because you're figuring out different ways they act and and different ways to kill them. You get so used to You figure your area out, and you kind of know, like, this is how the turkeys are going to act. This is what I need to do to kill them. You go out there, and it's completely different and it just, kind of, it just kind of helps you evolve as a turkey hunter.
1: Yeah, I did. that to me, just that experience of getting out and going somewhere, it, it just seeing different landscapes is cool. But I, to me, it's a great way to see the country, too, mm-hmm. because I'm not somebody that, like, if you're like, hey, let's go to New York City for Christmas and do something, I have no interest in going to see it. Any, I, Like, any kind of, like, man-made thing or, like, let's go see this city or let's go – I have zero interest in that. If you're like, hey, let's go to the mountains for a weekend or let's go – See some state I've never been to, I love that. Like I just Mm -hmm. like see, and the turkey hunting side of it, like you get to really experience. Like I've traveled a pretty good bit and I've been to a lot of states, but if you just been through the state on the interstate, you don't know anything about it. So whenever you can get out, ride around, ride on local roads, hunt that kind of thing, like you get to really like see and interact, figure out like what different places are like. That's that's my favorite. Well, you're not in the
0: you're not you're not in the tourist area of the state. Yeah, right yeah, exactly. Time. I mean, you're, exactly. you know, you're seeing what the, what it's actually like, not where the tourist hotspots are. And it's not near as crowded in those spots Yeah, either. So I, so. that's
1: what I was trying to say. Like, that's that's what I like about it. It's just that I'm doing something I love to do, but it lets me see stuff that I wouldn't normally see if I was just traveling through somewhere. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, granted, I'm not going to go up there and see those spots just to go see them. But yeah, if I, mean, I can either. do that and hunting turkey, then yes, it's well worth it. And like you said, it's a... It's a season extender. I mean, we got forty five days here, but you got a you know it closes May first, but some states don't close until the first of June. So you've got an entire month that it's just one less month that you have to wait till the next season. So, yep. but, well, that's about all I've got. I guess I'm going to go. What? Well, I was say
1: like, what are your? I had two questions for you, just okay. kind of along those lines, because you do that more than I do. So, like, how do you decide? Like, you know, are you chasing? one of the slams are you what makes you decide where you're going to travel how do you how do you pick out some of those things like um because I'm more of just like a let's see what happens we may go somewhere we may not go somewhere you kind of just kind of from getting to know you over time you seem to have a little bit more of a game plan laid out like what what are you looking at as you're doing that or are you just looking at what's convenient on times I have to go is it stuff I've never been to before I want to try is it stuff I want to go back to that I've been to before like What's your thought process when you do that?
0: Yeah. When it started, it was, it was when, and you know, everybody's like, well, you know, all this YouTube popularity of all these people and all that. And like, I mean, that's, that's part of the reason that, um, I started wanting to go see new places was seeing like the Dave Owens and stuff. And that, I had heard about the US Slam a little bit before Dave, but that was, that was the first like really like, oh, okay, this is what this is all about and stuff. So right when I started traveling for turkeys, I kind of had that in mind. But then after, after going to a few places and really liking some spots, really not liking some spots, it's just like, I'm just going to go to cool places. Um, yeah, in my lifetime, I'd like to get that U.S. Slam, but it's not something that I'm like, oh, I got to do. I mean, it, it one time it was. I did have this in my head, but you know, got to get it done in five years or something like that. But
1: now it's just turned into if it happens, it happens. Yeah, I mean,
0: now, now, granted, am I going to go to some states that I might not just because I want to check them off? Yeah, eventually, but I'm not gonna, not gonna be. Oh, well, I need to be. I need to hit 10 states this year and and spend one day in each one killing a turkey and going to the next one because I want to accomplish this so fast. Like, you really kind of, I don't know, when you start thinking ahead that far, you kind of can't really be in the moment. Yeah, yeah, that's
1: that's my thought on it. I had never, like, I I remember thinking about that last year, listening to people talk about that. I mean, not saying anything about what somebody else is doing, but to me, I feel like I would miss out on some of that, like, not necessarily like if you're in such a hurry to like, Hey, I got to get this done in two days. so I'm going to be here in the next two days and I'm going to need to do this many mm-hmm. states this year. Uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a blast. You're going to make memories, but it just kind of seems like it'd be hard to be where your feet were. Well, you're, co- it's, like, it's, you're not, you're not grounded on where you are and what's happening where you are. You're like, let's get this done. So I get to the next one. And it's like you're just checking things yeah, off and the you, list. you can
0: put so much pressure on yourself that it's not even that fun. I mean, yeah, go and, and that grind of, of, Doing the camping and all that, like yeah, it's it's fun, it's awesome. But if you're like I have to kill here, like I you know, this'll mess my whole plan up if I leave here without a turkey. And it's just I mean, it can it can be stressful really. Yeah. I mean it, it can and you talked about, you know, like loving to hunt at home. I love to hunt at home, but if I was really trying to push for this thing, well I'd need to be gone. Right. You know, I mean a bunch of other seasons start opening up. That's a good thing about here is that we've got pretty much almost two weeks that nothing else is open besides Florida and California. But um, I would have to skip the best time of the year here a bunch of times because I need to be going to these other states and stuff. And so it's just like I'm just going to make some plans every year to go to different places. Most of the time going to make them different places than I've been before, but I'm not going to rush through them. I'm not going to try to hit 10 in a season or something like that. Um, that's just kind of where I'm at now with that. Yeah. Uh, now, you know, I still don't – I'm an Osceola shy of getting a grand slam. That's something kind of in the back of my head that I'd like to get. I hope that that happens this year. And I've kind of, now that I am going to Florida this year, I've kind of kicked out, kicked around the idea of trying for the single season slam. But, I mean, you know, I could have a terrible season here and not even kill an Eastern around here. So, right. it's like I'm not going to get ahead of myself. I mean, I might go down to Florida and not even hear or see a turkey. So, um, that's kind of part of it, just just going with the flow yeah have it, having a goal or something maybe going into the season i mean that's kind of kicking around that idea as a goal this year but it could change really fast i could know that it's not going to happen within the next week so
1: i'll say well okay i'll back up and say that about our travel plans usually whenever we decide we're traveling is when we either tag that early here or there's nothing happening here mm-hmm. um and we've had that happen a few times like Either way, like we've had some years that were just bad years, didn't have a lot of turkeys or turkeys weren't gobbling. And um, we get to where there was two or three weeks left in the season. And we were like, Phew, we got to get, we We've well, a, a lot break. of time We, we got to do something. Are... We got to do something different than these.
0: Yeah, and that that last week or two of the season here usually is brutal. Anyway, I mean turkeys aren't gobbling that much most of the time. It's everything has greened up. It's as thick as can be in the woods. Bugs are everywhere. I mean, it's it's time to get to. Higher latitude at that point. I mean, (laughs) it's just, you know, it's summertime by then. But I don't know. I mean, I'm looking forward to a couple of the the things I've got planned for this year. But like I say, I'm not putting any big uh, stress on any of it. Um, We'll just kind of see where it goes and go from there. You got anything else?
1: I got a couple. What kind of time we we looking all right? No, we're good on time. time.
0: I'm. What, uh, I'm just ready to go. I'm about to go do a little more scouting around lunchtime. I think so. As long as we're out of here by lunchtime, I'm good to go. But I got. You just, you yeah, just I got.
1: I got off. just kind of uh, an order because I feel like I'm
0: most of the time asking the questions and stuff anyway. So, so okay. As yeah. many as you got.
1: What got you into turkey hunting?
0: My dad. Um, but my so my start into turkey hunting, and I should have I should have asked you this because that that is an awesome question. You can go into that when I get done. But my start to turkey hunting was kind of. Different, I guess, because um, I can remember going with my dad and missing a turkey when I was like seven years old. So that's like my first memory of going turkey hunting. But then, so my sister, who is two and a half years younger than me, is also super into turkey hunting. So I can remember high school and stuff, or or even late junior high. it was like, I was kind of on my own because by that time, my sister was going with my dad every time, yeah. and when I was kind of going solo i th- there's i mean like I think there was a season back in high school that I don't even think I hunted I'm out of hunted like once or twice the whole year uh and I didn't kill my first turkey i missed I missed that turkey when I was a kid I missed a turkey when I was a junior in high school, but I didn't kill my first turkey until I was twenty one years old so really? it's only been ten years um and that's a so so when I killed my first turkey how uh, I'd come back from college. I was, I mean, it's just just sick of going all as much as I could, and just not being able to get it done. And when you you know, like we talked about earlier, when you're hunting with no decoys, kind of what we would call the old school way, like it's not easy, especially not when you're figuring it out somewhat on your own. Um, and I went that morning and didn't hear a turkey. And I told myself, I'm I'm done. I'm just not a turkey hunter. I'm not. I'm I'm done with it. Like it's not. This isn't for me. Um, And so I started, I took all my camouflage off and everything, and I had my fishing pole with me. So I just started fishing and I sat there and fished for a little while. And then I got to thinking, I was like, if you quit today and quit being a turkey hunter, then you'll never be a turkey hunter. You're legitimately quitting. Like you will never kill a turkey. Yeah. I was like, I can't, I just, I don't know. I'm not ready for that quite yet. So I threw all my camouflage back on, got in my truck, went to this spot, and a spot that somebody else, Was supposed to be hunting that morning, but I thought I was pretty sure they had left. I got out, just drove my truck right into the spot, you know, just like not, obviously not really knowing everything at that point. But just get out of my truck, open my door, yelp, turkey gobbles. Like, oh my God, here we go. So I go down there, set up within 20 minutes. It's like 1030 in the morning. That turkey's at 15 steps and I killed him. So that's, I went from... I don't know, I'd say 45 minutes I went from saying that my turkey hunting career was over before it even started to killing that first one. And then, you know, once you kill that first one, it's it's on from there. Yep. Um, but yeah, that was, that's how it started. I mean, my dad obviously got me into it, but like I mentioned with the decoys, he was so hardcore, there was no like, there was no like learning curve. You didn't get to sit in a deer stand and kill your first one or sit in the ground blind or put some decoys out i mean there was none of that it was like you're from day one you're going hardcore you're hunting them just like i hunt them and that's hard to do when you're a kid but yeah that's uh that's how it all started for me same question back to you how how'd you get in i mean so i kind of know without even asking but i want you to expand on how you kind of got into it or maybe your first kill or something like that
1: first kills uh you'll laugh at um so i guess So turkey hunting is big in our family. So it all started with my granddaddy on my dad's side. He, uh, he got into it real big when he was young, started natural voice calling. Um, they had some like pinned up turkeys and he learned how to imitate their calling and all and, and got into natural voice calling. And there was some, um, older man around scuba. He started going with that kind of thing and and kind of got into it. And that kind of led, I guess that was kind of like the origin story for our side of the family. Cause like my other grandfather really didn't turkey hunt. He, he was small game hunting. Um, so growing up, so he went on, he was a calling champion, natural voice calling champion, um, wrote a book. That's probably, people kind of know him from one of those two things. Uh, and so dad grew up hunting with him, going on a lot of those trips. They they took a lot of people, kind of hunted all around, uh, locally, but hunted a lot of ground, that kind of thing. So and I was thinking about this morning. Uh, I don't know, it seems like dad maybe, when we were first born and all, it seems like maybe he toned it back a little bit. Uh, just cause he was raising us. It seemed like kind of like what you're talking about earlier, like, mm-hmm. you know, time kind of gets in your way. And, um, he was doing accounting at that time and, you know, tax seasons during the spring. So, uh, I know he had a lot going on during that time, but it seemed like the best I can remember, I need to ask him this, but, uh, the best I can remember, we just kind of got back into it hard on our, no, obviously granddaddy never stopped, but it seemed like as we started getting old enough to go and be old enough to tag along and all, um, dad is who really got me into it. So, um, Killed two turkeys one shot first time I, um first time I ever killed a turkey there was two hens killed a bearded hen and the other one was like down <laughs> behind her uh, we were at my uh my other grandfather's place and I was nine so um it'd be 24 years this year since I killed my first turkey and um so my my, my first turkey story is that I killed a, a bearded hen was my first turkey <laughs> with a gobbler coming like I still wonder that like it takes nothing away from it. Like, I have the picture pinned up, like an old Polaroid picture mm-hmm. pinned up in my hunting closet. Um, it was April eight April 19th of 1999. And, um, it's me sitting on a bench at home, grinning with two hands. Um, <laughs> but I can remember hearing the goblin, like, he was goblin coming. I don't know, like, I still wonder, like, why did dad let me shoot just because. a bearded hen? Just because, because it doesn't Cause matter. I, Cause I was cause, nine and yep, it didn't matter. Cause it didn't matter. He knew I was going to be as happy as I could be. So that, that was my, uh, that was my first turkey. Um, and that kind of got it all started. So, I
0: can't say that I've ever killed a hen,
1: but I, I started with a bearded hen as my I shot. It uh, they had built a uh, the turkeys would fly down and they'd come around the backside of this pond at my pawpaw's place. And uh, they built me a little blind in the back of the barn. And uh, I killed him with his old bird gun. He had a Browning A5 two and three quarter inch bird gun. That's what uh, that's what I killed my first turkey with first two turkeys with.
0: Yeah, the it's. I guess kind of funny the the gun that I use now all the time is it was my very first ever gun that I got to hunt turkeys it's just a little youth model 20 gauge yeah and I didn't kill a turkey with it until I don't know probably six years ago but now that is I mean I absolutely love that little gun that's the only thing that I'll consider well, taking for a turkey
1: so that was so after that gun okay well so anyways that that was my first I guess that's what got me hooked That's what got it started. All it takes uh, is one hunt,
0: pretty much. Yeah, I mean, it, one hunt where it all comes together is all it takes, and then it's kind of
1: game out so, from there. So, like, for us, it was just like, I don't know that it, it was just kind of like what you did mm-hmm. in the spring. I don't think y'all like, had a choice. No, you know? I mean, was, I mean, there was, it was, it was no was choice, too. just like what you did in the spring. Yeah. That's Like, I made the comment earlier about the mouth call thing. Like, um, yeah, Granddad was a natural voice caller. Dad is a natural voice caller. So, like, um, it's something, you know he never has said much about it. And he'd probably get mad at me for saying a year, but, um, dad was really good and called some when he was a kid competitively. Like I have a picture, um, an old Polaroid when from Yaleville, Arkansas, at the grand nationals where, uh, granddaddy won King of Kings, Preston Pittman, who was kind of came and learned from granddaddy, uh, won the grand national and dad finished third as like a 12 year old. <laughs> um, but he quit right after that. Like he never, he, he never took it any further from that. But like, so like the whole mouth calling, I called natural voice until my voice changed mm-hmm. and I kind of lost the ability to do it. Um, so that was kind of a no, no. But then the other thing was like growing up calling, it kind of took a while to, to learn how to do it because when you go hunt, like when you grow up hunting people like that, you they're calling, mm-hmm. you know? So like it take like, um, I guess you kind of live under that shadow a little bit of like, it takes a little bit of getting out on your own, growing up, being able to hunt with some other people or hunt on your own some, uh, to start really kind of figuring that out to get out from up under that, uh, initial, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, it doesn't matter kid, how many times you, type deal. I mean, The way you started, like that's a, as effective a way it is to learn how to really turkey hunt because you, you taught yourself. What yeah. I mean, to do. obviously
0: it's going to put you ahead of the curve if you can go with somebody early that really knows what they're doing and they can kind of show you the ropes, but until you go out there and do it yourself you're not really going to put it all together right. until you've gone through the gauntlet of getting whooped by turkeys by yourself. I mean, you you know, that's how you really figure it out.
1: But, uh, jump out the gun thing. We, uh, so that's what I killed my first turkey with. Well, then after that, um, dad has granddaddy's old 870. And it's three inch Magnum. It's got like, I swear it's like a 32 inch barrel. It's huge. Um, and that's what we, that's what we grew up. Barrett was the same way, like, um we well no barrett hunted with a uh, Manelli supernova 20 gauge when he was a little he wasn't quite big enough yet at that time so dad had me lugging this like mm-hmm. uh i swear it was i don't know if i can see my hand but i swear it was this tall like you send it up that's what dad still hunts with now um i lugged that thing around it didn't have a sling on it it was a mile long i lugged that thing around like the whole time i was a kid like until i probably turned like 14 15 and that's when the three and a half inch craze came out i had to have one of those um I think I hunted with it for two years, and I was like, nope, too heavy, not dealing with this. And so ever since about 2015, no, ever since about 2005, I'm sorry, I skipped that decade in my mind for some reason. (laughs) Ever since about 2005, I've been hunting with my uh, 20-gauge Remington uh, 870 youth model. That's exactly what I've got. And and
0: they're they're making a comeback now. I've got uh, one buddy of mine got one a couple years ago. Another buddy of mine got one this year, and I mean, it's like we were talking about. You don't hunting with a little youth gun like that may sound kind of dumb until you've got one in your hands, and yeah. then you're like, okay, now I know. Especially when you're trying to slip through the woods and maneuver oh, and yeah. all that. I mean, it's it's a game changer. I mean, you know, granted, you don't have quite the killing power that you do in a twelve gauge, but if you're if you're getting turkeys close like you need to, you don't need anything
1: more than that. That's gauge. what's funny is that, like, people talk about like the tunks and stuff and all. Um People are switching down to 20 gauges now because mm-hmm. they can kind of replicate what a 12 gauge used to do with 20 gauge or tungsten. You ought to be coming from the other direction, like shooting the old, uh, whatever, uh, long beard XRs are still really good, really good shells on 20 gauge, but like shooting that kind of stuff. Uh, everybody talks about like, you know, now the big things like shoot turkey, don't jump up and run out there and go get it. You go shoot a turkey with a 20 gauge number fives is about 30 steps and you better go get him.
0: Yeah, I mean, you, kind of, you, you either
1: need to be ready for a second shot or you need to go get him.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't care if that thing is stone dead. I'm getting so, up and running to that turkey. That's just kind of like So, uh,
1: now that tungsten has come along, like you can kill him graveyard dead at 30 yards, and it's like it helped a lot on the 20 gauge spectrum. Mm-hmm.
0: It did, and and it's not, you know, you're not, you're not quite reaching out there like some people are trying to do now with 12 gauges, and um, so it, you know, it definitely expanded the range. But I wouldn't say that the 20 gauge range with the tungsten now is farther than a regular, say, three-and-a-half-inch 12-gauge. So, you know, you're not...
1: Oh, yeah, I'm not talking about it for the range aspect. Just for I mean, the
0: killing. Just just, just for, for the, the killing aspect. Yeah, just so, the like... The effectiveness.
1: When, yeah, when you shoot him at 25, 30 yards, he's not, like, dazed and confused, mm-hmm. like... Yep. <laughs> um, What else? I guess I'm getting started. I guess that was really kind of it. Just um, that was... Grew up in a family that that's what you did in the springtime. And so, really, it was something to add, like, because Granddaddy at those time, like at that time, he was still taking a lot of people, taking some riders, that kind of thing, and so we grew up hunting with Dad a lot. And my cousins, my first cousins, like my Dad's sister's children, like they would hunt with Granddaddy a family amount. It seemed like, and then we would hunt with Dad. And then as Barrett got old enough, my younger brother, um, I was kind of like you. I got the boot because I had a younger brother. So then I started hunting. Well, by that time, um, my other cousin was old enough. We kind of started hunting together some. Um, we had some other family that were in the camp that we were in. I kind of started going with them some. So I don't know. It's just like that turkey season to me is a family environment, like because we grew up with it being that we grew up all hunting together, and so that's what I like about it. Is mm-hmm. like that going with people I know and love and like to be with, and so to me that's why we kind of like if you don't call it group hunt, like we, we we hunt with one another like that because it's just kind of what we've always done.
0: Well, and I love, I mean. Hunting by myself is probably my favorite. I don't want to be like in a in a area by myself, but like just the actual hunt itself. I love being by myself, just kind of making all the decisions. Not you know, not having any, not having anybody to lean on or any anybody to agree or disagree. It's just like this is you versus that turkey. But it's so much it's so much fun when you do like you know you go with a buddy and kill one, then because the stories are so much better. Like stories are awesome in your head when you're by yourself but like nobody has that they know that it's it was probably awesome but it's not like as cool as when you can be like hey you remember that time we went to so-and-so yep. and killed that turkey then it's like oh yeah yeah i know exactly what you're talking about
1: yep that is that is one of my favorite spot or parts of it is is the stories that come out of it and there's some good ones
0: i just i just love it all i'm just i'm i'm so ready for tomorrow it's just
1: Yeah, asked about a goal. Uh, I guess I do have a goal this year. Um, So Morgan and I, we married eight years in October. been together like 14, 15 years, I think. She went hunting with me a time or two early on. And then she was like, I hate turkeys. I I don't understand. Mm -hmm. We we, we finally have transitioned back around into the period that now she's like, understands that this is just a problem I have. Mm -hmm. But she asked me the other day, she's like, look, if you kill a couple turkeys, I think I want to go with you again one time. I was like, okay, that's that's a big step from where we were. So she's like, she's not a hundred percent on it, but she's like, I, I think I may want to try going another time. Yeah, she, I, the last time we went together was about seven years ago, and we ran into a poacher that morning. Mm, so like, she she had never had a uh, she's never had just like a really good experience. I
0: haven't taken Haley in years, and obviously it's a ton harder now with a kid at home. But the one of the very first times I ever took her, we were hunting this spot that has a big gas line run through it and we popped out on that gas line a couple hundred yards away just saw a turkey down there in full strut I was like okay here we go so we made this huge loop around and got on this road and I was like all right look we're gonna sit here and call for a little bit if that turkey's still there he's probably going to come check us out and we sit down and call and not two minutes later two redheads come around this corner I'm like this this is like the first time I've ever taken her I'm like this is about to come together. Like, this is going to – Yeah. Too good to be true. Well, it turns out it's two jakes. They come up there strutting, gobbling. I mean, they're probably 25 steps from her. She's got the gun on them. I'm sitting back – we're probably 10 yards apart, and I'm like, do not shoot, do not shoot. She can't hear me, I figure out, because when they finally walk away, she comes back there, she's like, why'd you never tell me to shoot? like, well, they were jakes. And looking back, like, I should have just told her Just you know, just blast one, but – It was, that was awesome. I would love, I told her, I keep telling her, I'm like, look, one of these trips, you just go with me. And that's hard because she's in the school, she works in the school system and she's busy this time of year and the baby at home. But she gets out of school like the last week of May. And I told her, I was like, let's, let's go to one of these states that closes very late. Just me and you go up there and just figure it out. So we're kicking around that idea. Who knows if it'll actually happen or not. But yeah, that, that. Well, that's kind of goal for me this Seeing year. Seeing anybody kill their first yeah. turkey is is awesome, and being able to get your wife one. Before. Well,
1: and I think I don't even know so much of it is, is if she wants to get one or if she just wants to go. I think yeah. it's been I think it's been so long since she's been that she just really kind of wants to tag along and go. Yeah, I would love for her to be the one that kills one, Uh and that's when she goes, she will have the gun. Mm-hmm. So, but I think she just really wants to to go again because it's been so long. She's never been on on one like that. You know, you can have those like. Oh, let's go sit down. He flies right off the, right off the limb. Mm-hmm. We shoot him, kill him, head back to the truck. It's done by 630. Or you can walk for 10 miles. She's only been like three times, and two of them have been like those 10-mile deals, mm-hmm. and one, the last time was ran into a poacher. So she hadn't, well, had, she hadn't had a good experience you got to learn the bad, yeah. bad side before yeah. you can learn she, the good all side. All she knows is the
0: bad side. There Mark. is good sides to come, so she's just got to give it a little more time. Well, I'm um, – I doubt I'm going to get much more work done today. I'm probably about to go try to do a little last minute scout, and I may go, um, probably going to go try to roost one this evening. But well, I guess what time, uh, are you, are you heading up to your camp soon? You got to work a full day or?
1: I'm going to work a full day. We were out a pretty good bit last week. So I was going to knock this out this morning, chat a little bit about what was going on and get over there and try to get as much work done as I can. Uh, I am planning on being off all day tomorrow. So, um, just going to knock all that out.
0: Yeah. I guess we can go ahead and, um, We can go ahead and tease our next episode in two weeks. It's going to be pretty cool episode. I'm actually going to be gone on a hunting trip, but Austin's going to be here with the Mississippi Forestry Commission, and they're going to be kind of talking about everything they can do to assist you as a landowner. And there's the more the more we kind of dug into it, and Austin's talked to them. Like there's there's so much stuff that they can offer you as a landowner trying to get things done that you probably didn't know. So. It's really going to be, I mean, it'll be obviously all geared towards Mississippi landowners, but if you're a Mississippi landowner or you want to be one day, like, I think it would be an awesome awesome episode to listen to. I mean, do you, do you have anything to expand on that?
1: Well, I would say, uh, and I, I think a couple of things I'm going to ask them about too, obviously these are from Mississippi, but uh, there are going to be, if you listen to it from out of state, there's going to be stuff that you may take ideas from it and you have the same resources in your own state. Yeah. Um, I also, know from looking at some of their, you know, kind of, doing some background on some of them. Uh, I hope to talk to them about some out-of-state stuff because it looks like they some of them have done some, maybe some wildland firefighting in, in other states and stuff. So I think they'll have, I think they'll probably have some pointers about um, stuff in other states too that, you know, if, if you are listening to it from somewhere else, how to access resources in your state. Yeah,
0: I think it's going to be cool. Uh, I'm looking forward to listening to it from a, you know, not actually being in on it, listening to it from a listener point of view. So Missing out. <laughs> yeah, I know, but it's, we knew we were going to run into this. I mean, it's any any recordings that we have from now to the end of May. There's a chance that one of us could be out, and that's just we knew it going into it. So, um, but like we always say, go follow us on Instagram if you can. It's at the White Oak Collective, and then follow this podcast wherever you listen to it. If you got any questions or comments or suggestions, let us know over there at Instagram. So,
1: yep, just have a uh, turkey season's kicking off. Have fun. Be careful. Be safe.
0: Don't cut any corners. Hunt them like they ought to be hunted. We'll see you.